We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the first proper True Faith podcast of the 2017-18 season. Uh, the other day, which I missed, was a full season preview. That was just the warm-up. Uh, I feel like we're now in the new season. Uh, the I was going to say, was that, was that not a proper podcast? Like <laughs> It was, but it was. it just wasn't like... If you were going to do a list at the end of the season, which no one would, of all 2017-18 season like podcasts, um, it wouldn't be included. But I, I, I enjoyed it, Sai. <laughs> I enjoyed it, Sai. Um, just some quick notices for everybody. Um, obviously, this season, I don't know if I've said it before, but I'm now the editor of True Faith. Um, Mick McMartin's kind of stepped aside, although he's still going to be involved helping me out. Um, so, new fanzine is out this this Friday, my first as editor, so please download that. It's completely free. You'll see the links on social media. Um, and there's there's loads of really good content. We'll have a, a new True Faith YouTube channel, which I'm running. Um, don't really know what we're doing, but we'll, we'll try and not make a chite. First video seemed to go down quite well. That's on YouTube, at TF and UFC fanzine. There'll be a video out probably after Spurs. We're not just going to speak to randoms who don't know what they're talking about, so don't worry. It'll be um, hopefully considered comment after Newcastle 7-0 win against Tottenham. Um, and then finally, the the podcast this season is going to be normally three a week. We'll do a preview show, which this is, uh, including an away fan or home fan, uh, opposition fan. Um, so that's the preview. After that, we'll have um, a match day podcast for the game is what actually at. Uh, you know, kind of the one we did for Barnsley at home last season. That'll have a little bit of analysis after the game, not much, but we'll try and get as much crowd noise in there, um, stuff from the game itself. Obviously, uh, me, Sai, and Greenstreet will be at Huddersfield, and that's the first one we'll do. We'll do one for Spurs, and then every Sunday or Monday, back to the long um, analysis shows that we used to do before we're in the championship. Uh, so that's it. Plan for this new season. Follow us at TF Weekly Pod. Also follow True Faith Fanzine at TF and UFC Fanzine for loads more stuff. But enough of all that. I'm just really excited about the, the football season. I know everyone doesn't feel the same, but it's been so long. 14 weeks since we played Barnsley. Um, I listened with uh, great uh, interest side to your preview pod the other night. And obviously a little bit of a disagreement I think kind of all aspects were covered in terms of who expected what right from Bolland who called it to a relegation battle which kind of Mickey was closer to and then you were kind of maybe top top nine top eight um, of, of, of where the team will finish now today we've had more I mean Rafa's just been doing the rounds today um, by the way Sire was on BT Sport last night it was, it was news to me um, as well Got a lot of text off people saying you're on BT Sport. Had no idea, um, but yeah, they used some footage of me talking to the Premier League. Uh, so no idea how that went down. If anyone wants to let us know, <laughs> like text from your parents saying <laughs> you're on telly. Um, 
but yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that happened. Yeah, me neither. Um, if anyone's got any footage of it, send, send it my way. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I did this bit with the Premier League a few weeks ago, talking about the season um, for True Faith, they were like, we'll send you anything we do before we'll publish it. Didn't happen. So cheers, <laughs> lads. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really excited for the season. Rafa's been doing the rounds today, talking to everybody about how he's unhappy with the club. Um, you've got people like Mark Douglas saying, there's no way he'll walk away. To George Colkin saying he'll he'll probably stay, and then Martin Hardy's just put an article out on the Independent saying he's he's walking the well-trodden path towards <laughs> resigning. And I don't really feel that there's probably not much too much we could say here that we haven't said before. Si, I really want to talk uh, about the season, but and, and the and the match on Sunday, um, I'm sure we'll cover Rafa transfers, Ashley, you know, many many times in the weeks to come. So. Not really much point a day, um, but yeah, well done for the preview part, um, show. So it was good, good to hear you being so optimistic. Actually, <laughs> some of Rafa's comments this week might have might have changed that slightly. But then again, today he's kind of gone back to the I'm going to try my best, and if Rafa's trying his best, I stand by what I said on the preview pod. Yeah, yeah. Um, fair enough. I'll, I'll throw my. Uh, neck on the line for this one and, and, and agree with you about where we'll finish this season even with the current squad as it is just to, to try and add some context to why I think I'm, I'm not going to put a position on it right but I think we'll get 50 points 48, 50 now, points listen, listen everyone who tuned in wants to hear your your response to, to the, the naysayers like Bolland and Mickey what, where we're going to finish? They said fifteenth. What do you say? Well, I, I, I'll continue. It's right because because I can't really predict the performances of other clubs. I don't know much, a lot about them. Forty six <laughs> points. Forty six points was enough to get eighth last season. I think we'll get fifty points. What is that? Is that it's like fourteen wins and eight draws? Maybe. Um, I just can't see with the belief this team has. This we, we often called it. Say, remember when we followed a bunch of losers? You know, um, losing. At Newcastle United wasn't an issue. The playing squad, even the coaching staff, didn't seem to be that asked about losing football matches. Even on the Pardew, when we finished 10th, we lost 19 games in a season. Yeah. Um, you know, the McLaren under Carver, we were used to losing, we expected to lose. And, you know, even under McLaren, we expected to lose. At no point we were cut off from the rest of the league. At no point did it look like, oh, you know, I mean, well, it did look like we're definitely going down, but. You know, you know, kind of remember doing podcasts during those seasons, and th- th- that group of players. Um, I don't think we had as good a team. We had a group of players that didn't really care, and I don't see how we could get relegated with a manager who was, in my opinion, the best in the world, um, in a group of players who are used to winning and who do care. And that's such a big thing. I think Rafa. I wasn't at the talking, but I think Rafa touched on that saying: if we stay united as a fan base and a squad, anything is possible. And I, I totally agree with that. I just think. I keep hearing people on social media and, and a few people have, have, have mentioned it to me personally oh the league's different the last time we haven't been gone for 10 years you know we haven't even gone a season <laughs> and in that season yeah. that, that season in which we were gone West Brom um, spent most of their time in the top 10 like so I, I just don't get this oh the league's a different place I look through the likes of West Brom and you know what West Brom got some good players they really do I think I think the lad they brought from Southampton's a good player is he going to be any good who knows he might be injured he might you know Jay J- Rodriguez Johnny Evans I had people telling me Johnny Evans was some kind of world class footballer if he was world class or that good he wouldn't be playing for West Brom so I look through the, the, the likes of a Watford or a 
um, a palace even. I know you yeah, Benteke and Kabai. Who would I rather have, Shelby Kabai? For me, it's Shelby at the moment. Um, you could. You, it's a matter of opinion. Some of you, some of you might look at Crystal Palace. Some of you might look at West Brom, Watford, Bournemouth. You might look at those teams and think, "Fucking hell, how we're going to compete with them?" I look at those teams thinking, "We'll beat these man. We will." Like, you know, you you want to look at Bournemouth's team coming to St James's Park, fifty-two thousand. Everyone behind the team, Rafa Benitez, a fit Dwight Gale. It's a big if, yeah. <laughs> a fit Dwight Gale to score <laughs> the goals. I back us every every day of the week, and I think we'd be favourites for that game with the bookmakers. So, so why not? I say why not like I think we can finish again it's hard like, maybe 50 points will be good enough for 12th I doubt it but maybe it'll be good enough for 13th maybe it'll be good enough for, for 8th but I, I'd like to say we'll be closer to the bottom 7 than the bottom 3 that's my prediction um, every season there are clubs that really struggle I noticed Watford have just spent £80 million on on the very average Andre Great today apparently a player Rafa looked at and, and didn't didn't rate Um so I, 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 I to answer your question quickly I, I really think we'll be fine this season there's a lot of if, if buts and maybes but there's a lot of if buts and maybes at every club out there speak to Stoke fans Stoke fans will tell you they're not confident about the season because they still need to sign three or four players it's the same with a lot of clubs um, I can't see us being you know like I'll give you the example of when we played Leicester at home um, under McLaren we got beat 3-0 now Leicester were top of the league they were taking everything by storm they were the absolute kings of the counter attack they didn't need the ball to win games so what does Steve McLaren do he tries and attacks them all guns blazing blazing 4-4-2 Perez and Mitrovic up front that was a, a tactical naivety that you just won't see from the team and from the manager this time round and we won't lose those games in my opinion um, heavily anyway I, I think it would be a, a real match for anyone at home and we won 14 away games last season it counts for it counts for something um, that yeah. know-how of how to go away and win. Now, obviously, there's going to be a, a huge tactical disparity compared to last season because we're going to have so much less of the ball. But you know what? We're a bit shy on the ball last season at times. When we had to break teams down, it was one of the things we weren't good at. What we're good at is going to Brighton away and Huddersfield away without the ball and beating those teams fairly comfortably. So I'm really optimistic for the season ahead. And Sai, this is a bit of a strange one, and listen is a bit of a strange one, but like, um, it's been doing some holiday reading and something from like ancient Greece inspired me. Like, you know, you know if they, you know if these are Rafa's last days. Just say if Rafa is going to walk out and he's going to fuck off on September the first. If that that's outside our control, me, you, anyone listening, that's outside of our control. We can't do anything about that. Even if you think that is going to happen, I don't think it'll happen. But I'm wrong every day about a lot of things. Um, why why not make this the the, the best three or four games in? in the club's history as a supporter if this is to be the end then that, then let's make it such an end that it'll be remembered for years to come like fucking hell Rafa left but do you remember the, do you remember that um, Spurs and West Ham game at home the noise the passion the six points hopefully so I'm just kind of philosophical about the season and Rafa's position and I think we'll have a good team and a, a good young team as well for the young hungry players with a lot to prove compared to Musa Sissoko and Ginny Wijnaldum bottling away from home and Daryl Yamatten Sai, I went to fucking Swansea two years ago and we played Vernon and Nita and Jack Callback in midfield. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Callback's not even going to get in the 25 man squad, and I've got people telling me the league's better. Yeah, we got beat that day. <laughs> but, you know, ultimately, it was, our team was shite last time, and, and even when Rafa came in, I think we're four points adrift or something. But we're still in touch, and I still think there's a great deal of um, 
mediocrity in this league and I think a, a manager like Rafa Benitez and, and players like Kieran Clark and Lejeune who looks quality the fullbacks were worried but we'll talk about them later um, you know Matt Ritchie and, and John Joe Shelby aren't going to let we go to Palace and capitulate 5-1 they will not let it happen um, you know the Palace was another one when McLaren went and attacked them and they were a counter-attacking team with Balassi and Zaha at the time down the wings and it was just like what what is he playing at that's not going to happen this time and yeah, yeah. It's long answer to your question here, I suppose. But um, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm really confident ahead of the new season. Pre-season's been good. We created a lot of chances, which is good. Last time in the Premier League, in fact, my whole fucking life in the Premier League, we haven't been able to defend. We will be able to defend this season. We're excellent defensive last season, and and you can tell by Rafa's ruthlessness. Our biggest problem last season wasn't bad defending as a team. It was catastrophic individual errors, and I think you see Carl Darlow's exclusion from the from the picture from the first team picture or planned exclusion anyway tells you a lot about what Rafa's identified as a problem last season Jack Callback, silly mistakes yellow cards free kicks that led to goals Blackburn away we lost that game because of Jack Callback essentially unfortunately I don't like slating the lad but Rafa's identified that looked at those plays and think well if you're making catastrophic individual errors at a far lower level you are surely going to make them more often and they're going to be um, taken advantage of by the opposition far more so we're going to be able to defend this season and that's absolutely massive Burnley Burnley can't defend <laughs> you know Burnley got something like 11 points in the last 19 games and I've got people saying Burnley are a better team than us I, I just don't say it personally um, but maybe maybe that is my hyper optimism side what do you think? <laughs> um, I, I think you, you may be um, overestimating underestimating the, the, the teams around us a little bit I think I think we'll win games against the likes of Bournemouth. I think we'll also lose games against the, the same group of teams, West Brom. I think that's what the Premier League is now. I, I, I agree with you. I think we're, we're in the same position as, as, as your West Broms, your Stokes, I think all of whom are just as likely to finish in that kind of mid-table between 9th and 12th area. I still think, like I said on the, the preview pod uh, last week, that we are one of the best of the rest. And that is to say, there's, uh, there's going to be this massive gulf again this season where the top seven finish a, a significant distance ahead of the rest of the pack and I think I don't think we'll make that jump now into the top seven necessarily unless everything falls into place and that means buying a couple more players and and starting off by smashing space which could happen um, but yeah I, I, I think what, what the difference for us and what this is what I said to the lads last week was that we'll get points against that top six we'll not be as good as them but I think Rafa won't want to just like lose to Liverpool and Man U and Man City and Everton. Rafa will target those games and try and get points out of them, whereas the rest of the league, which is why there is that massive gap from 7th to 8th, just lose to the top six now. I think that's where we'll get more points than those around us, which will make us the, the kind of best of the rest teams. You, I, I agree, and you know, can I see West Brom turning up with St James's and making three points? You know what, it could, it could happen. Um, it's, it's just... I put this on the True Faith, not our Twitter the other day saying, I put it on the True Faith Twitter saying, if we, like at the moment, if Gale's not fit, we're going to be headed into the new Premier League season with Mitrovic and Perez up front. And for those who, who haven't listened to the podcast since, like, for that long, we just used to just, like, in the 2015-16 season under McLaren, it was just like, we're just going to get beat today because these two are shite and they were shite. I don't think they're any better. Um, I think Perez has a lot of potential. Everyone knows me thoughts on Mitrovic. Listen to new season clean slate. I hope he does well. You know, there's, he will definitely have a role to play on Sunday because we're not going to sign a striker before then if we're going to sign one at all. 
but um, that's the depressing aspect of it that we had this like really young average strike force in the 2015-16 season and a nagged Papi Cissé um, and, we, and we ended up relying on the nagged Papi Cissé <laughs> he was the one that we needed and Rafa trusted so we've got these same and obviously we've got Dwight Gale of course now but it's there are there is there is there are so many if buts and maybe's and there's so many things you could look at and be negative about and, and worry about but I believe in this group of players and I, I believe in the, the coaching staff and the fan base and well, I just think if, if, if you look at West Brom and you look at um, you know we'll keep using West Brom as a point and maybe, maybe they're a good point because they're never they're never in any real danger of relegation um, and they're also shite so I just, I just think we'd be better than them this season what, what they're probably good at which we're not is set pieces and were conceded for quite a few from some set pieces last season but I just I just trust everyone at the club at the moment beyond the the higher management every football person at the club including all of the players I just tr- I trust them to to be better and I think they will be than our peers which is kind of the bottom 12 teams in the Premier League side yeah well, uh, I agree and I think what you said before that I totally agree with the sentiment of Regardless of what you think is going to happen with Rafa come the end of August or whatever, why not make these first two home games fucking electric? Yeah. What 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 if what if that suddenly you get a rise out of the players? We win both games. I know it's a big ask to beat Tottenham because they're they're a very good side nowadays. But what if what if we win those two games? That that's that's how evident and that's how Leicester season started two years ago. You know they just they just won the first few games and kept winning. Yeah. And they did that with Danny Simpson, with Robert Huth, with Morgan, like. Anything is possible, but Rafa's basically pointed out that it's not possible unless unless everyone's in it. And regardless of what you think's going on, there's no point in being anything other than totally committed come Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go into Rafa in that speculation too much because we, we'll just be talking about it every single podcast and it'll get boring. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm his biggest fan, but he's probably not helped himself tremendously with that message by doing a media tour of, of London, telling every single <laughs> fucking person with a microphone that he's not happy. But anyway, um, Spurs side on Sunday, massive game, massive fucking massive game. Can't wait for it. Um, I, I, I wanted a, a, a game like this, you know, fuck off Bournemouth at home or Bournemouth away. You wanted to see where we were. I'll probably not be saying that come like four o'clock. Sunday, but um, who give me your starting level eleven side, and then we'll talk about how you feel about it. Well, not not what you would play, what you think he will pick. I mean, yes, <laughs> okay. So starting with the keeper, all signs point to Rob Elliott. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> which, yeah. Which makes me laugh because I can't believe Rob Elliott might start a Premier League game for us again. I know. It, it feels like we've had plenty of time to get a proper keeper, and we haven't. Um, thanks, the the term thing, we we know why it's happening. Or at least we would try to explain that to Bolland. I'd have liked your your help there. I think one um, of the things you missed to Bolland. You've, you've mentioned. You've he, mentioned. He's on too much money, side. One of the things you didn't yeah. mention. He's on too much money. He's he signed a new contract alongside Fabrizio Colaccini in 2011, which made or 2012, which made them the two highest paid players at the club. He's on like yeah. I, I like Tim Cole. I think he's a, a good keeper and he's he's almost like a local lad. And I I I, I wish it wasn't so. But it is, and I, but I can totally understand why at the start of last season, Rafa came into a fucking mess of a football club and was like, right, I've got two keepers, Elliot and Krull, neither of them can play at the start of the season. I've got Carl Darlow and I've got 
a kid in Woodman who was 17 years old, so I need to buy a keeper, and he got that wrong with Sells. Fair enough, we'll all get things wrong. He came highly rated. I'm sure he'll probably boss the Belgium League again this season. Um, and then then he had to pick one of Cruller Elliott to come back, you know, to, to wait and come back. Who who was the keeper who he, he probably thought, well, Elliott will come back and be content with sitting on the bench, which he was. Krull will come back and maybe wouldn't be so content. So let's ship him, ship him out on loan and see how he does. And he did shite. Unfortunately, Bolland, you're not here, but he did shite. He couldn't get on Ajax's bench. And he did shite for Algmar, who don't want to sign him, which tells you a lot. And he's on 60, yeah. he's on 60 grand a week. So we're trying to free up as much money as possible to bring a new talent to the club. He's on too much money. And it's it's not it's not even a big... It's complicated, but it's, it shouldn't even be a big talking point. It's so understandable, in my opinion. Come August and we haven't got rid of him. What do you do then? Do you just play him? Possibly. I mean, he's only got a year left in his contract, so it's it's do you you, you say play him? But is he? It, I've always thought you know like when we met Rafa last season, he kind of talked very much about the problems of having too many players, which he absolutely has now, by the way. Um, of yeah. like, how how do you deal with with three first team goalkeepers in training? It's it, it's actually not that simple. If you're doing if you're doing a game five aside or eleven aside, there's only two keepers can play. So what do you do with a third keeper? I don't know. I, you, you could argue you could if, if you know Darlow looks like the most saleable asset because anyone who wants Krull isn't going to pay that much from because of his injury record, because of his lack of form, and because he's got one year left in his contract. Um, you you could say could I mean if you, if they don't bring in a keeper just like a striker, it's like what the fuck. But anyway. Um, I can see him being back up if they sold Darlow potentially, and then you never know what could happen. Just like Elliot last season, we'd all thought if you'd have, if you'd have asked us um, March last year or even early April last year who starts in goal for Newcastle in the Premier League, I'd have absolutely said Carl Darlow. And so things change, and um, so I think it's a good a, a good point that you raise. Side, but back to your team. Uh, right, so we'll, we'll say Elliot because it just seems like because of the, the pre-season selections, that's what's happening. Um, I understand Yedlin's still not fit, so we're probably going to see Mankilo at right back, which by all accounts he was decent and um, in his in his couple of appearances in the friendlies. <laughs> Centre half, not that easy, is it? Um, Sorry, I just want I just want to pick you up on Mankilo. I'm I'm really pleased that we've picked up a, a bit of a, a gem into what well, potential gem. He was cheap. He's young. He's got. He's clearly got ability. He's played for Liverpool. He's played for Marseille in a lower league championship club on loan last season. And it worries me a lot. Side though that we're good. I mean, he might. He might be mint. It worries me a lot that we're fullbacks are going to be Mankiw and Dummett. What do you think? It's a, <laughs> it is a worry. It's a worry. Yeah, I, we were full of praise for Paul Dummett last season. He did. He did an excellent job in the championship. Um, he, especially in the big games, which which is even more even more amazing from from what we, where we thought he was the year before. Rafa likes him. He does his job. He does what he's told. He doesn't try to do anything more than what he's capable of. That's great. But in the Premier League, with the kind of wingers he's going to be coming up against, we know what happens to Paul Dummett at fullback. Yeah, he'll get his pants down. He's, he's solid. He's good in the air. He can even put a cross in when he needs to. But I don't think left backs. Is is where he should be playing in, in, in Premier League football. Um, it's a worry that we haven't got anyone else. Gomez was bought as a as a as backup for the Championships. So God knows if he's yeah he's not good. He's enough. got it in him because we never really saw him. Um, it is a worry when we we've said that we said all through the relegation season that if we keep playing games with Paul Dummett and Anita at fullback, we'll, we'll we'll just lose. So and while he's definitely improved and, he did and, and grown as a player, he, pro- he proved us that you know what he could prove wrong again. But 
it's just I think Paul Dummett and Yedlin it's just even though it's harsh on Dummett that just sounds so much better to me maybe it's not maybe I'm totally wrong maybe Yedlin is, is as a bigger question mark as um, Mankio um, but that's just one area of the team I think that's the only area of the team that I just think hmm you know what I mean like if if, if Spurs are on form if Spurs are firing down both sides and Ali's dragging um, you know is going out and playing wide and supporting the winger um, Harry Kane's dragging out wide between the fullback and the centre back. I just, uh, I just worry, but I've, I've said it now. So, <laughs> yeah, centre backs. Yeah. <laughs> centre backs. Um, I mean, Le- Lejeune feels like he just has to go straight in. The the small amount of footage I've seen of him in pre season, he does look like a really solid defender and and kind of a calm head. Which towards the end of last season, you weren't you weren't really sure. I get, I guess, I pick Clark with him. Yeah. So I don't know where that leaves Lascelles, but I would go for Clark and <laughs> on the bench, and I think that's what he might play. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I don't know where Mbemba comes yeah. in with all. He's, he's got that choice, but for me, Clark Lejeune seems the most likely. It just it, a, a bit a quick one on the centre backs. It's like another reason we'll be fine this season is just I think one of you's it might be new. Sai said it on the on the preview pod. Um, like, can you just remember the the shite that we've had to put up with in recent years? Going to the derbies and seeing Paul Dummett and Mike Mike Williamson play centre back when Mike Williamson was like ninth choice. Going to the yeah. derbies and see and, and, and watching Jan Matt play fucking full um, centre back with Stephen Taylor and then Jack Colback playing left back, Vernon Anita playing left back under Rafa. I mean, just Sissoko finishing the derby at home and summoning another left back. Hopefully, we've got so many defenders now. That's a thing of the past, and that's yeah. Brilliant. There's absolutely no way we can be that unlucky that we somehow find ourselves putting fullbacks at centre half and yeah. centre midfielders at fullback. And, like, and, yeah, and you're just, right. It's, and, and, it's good that we've got that many choices. It's it's a little bit ridiculous that we've got. It goes down as far as Grant Hanley still, but yeah. you know what? It's it's not a bad thing. Well, for me anyway, because as you say, we've had so many years of just fielding gag defences and just throwing away points. If we've if that we, can't if, happen. If we've got um, four centre backs of Lejeune Clark. Um, the cells in Mbemba that that's decent. That that's like that's I don't I can't profess to know Crystal Palace's fourth choice centre back, but that's better than Crystal Palace's like four centre backs. Oh, I, it, I think I think that's the best centre point centre half choices you could have of yeah. any teams outside of the top seven. Definitely. I mean, even uh, Man City who can't defend. Uh, I don't know who they've signed. Um, um, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself here, so I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> right, so yeah, agree on the centre backs. Let's go. Um, your two wingers, interesting call this. Um, well, I love Matt Ritchie and think he will start. I think, I mean, Rafa's going to want an element of, of not just hoying in all the new lads, he's going to want a bit of consistency, a bit of stability. Matt Ritchie was excellent last season, he's played Premier League football with Bournemouth. I think he, he's, he's, a, he's a dead set to start. Uh, the other side, I'd probably like to see Jacob Murphy just. just just giving a go. I, I, I don't mind that too. I thought he was an impact player last season, certainly. I didn't think he was the finished article. I thought he was a little bit lacking in, in end product and, and overall contribution. He, he went quiet in games. I don't know how much time uh, Rafa feels like he's had with Jacob Murphy to kind of get him ready for what he wants him to do. So it probably will stop that too, but I would like personally to see Jacob Murphy. Yes, I agree. I mean, Atsu is a weird one because he did put in some sparkling performances at the end of last season. He understands yeah. how Rafa wants to play the game, and it's you love seeing a player improve. He improved, but we're going to be starting the Premier League with a lad who couldn't get into a Championship team for 
ninety percent of the season. So yeah. you know what? Again, I'm trying to think who played left wing. Like Wijnaldum played left wing last time, and you know what? Eleven goals at home, well done, Ginny Wijnaldum. That's a good contribution for a shite team, but pathetic away from home and went missing more often than not. Um, it's probably the the team is probably a, little, a bit more balanced because Wijnaldum and Dummett was like were basically pied off having the left side, and Wijnaldum would come inside all the time. Um, yeah. Before that, it was Jonas who was very good, but that was like the last time he played regularly in the team was 2013. So I'm struggling to think. And do you know who was our left winger between 2013 and 2015? I, I honestly don't know. Um, so the balance. Well, we also, had Ben Arthur, didn't we? Ben Arthur. I think 2014 might have been his, you know, see season. Um, but anyway, um, Dan Gosling probably filled in there or some shite like that, but. Yeah, that, I, I like I like the balance Artsu provides, and you know having Jacob Murphy there again is 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 a nice little bit of um, competition. You know Perez unfortunately plays left yeah. wing sometimes as well, so we're seen quite well stocked in the wing areas with potential further recruitments to come as well. So I'm quite yeah. I'm, I mean I mean I think whichever of Artsu or Murphy starts, I don't think that means the other won't play at some point in the game. Yeah. Let's say we start with Artsu, I can see Murphy getting half an hour at the end, depending yeah. on the scoreline. Yeah. And then your ten, oh, sorry, your central two picks itself, yeah. Well, yeah, um, yeah, easy. Yeah, Marino and Shelby. <laughs> oh no, are you saying Hayden? Hey, yeah, Hayden, of course, Hayden. Hayden Shelby. I, I don't know. Again, I've seen one clip of Marino, and I want to see more. Aye, but he's not going to start. Like, surely can't. No. Isaac Hayden's absolutely fucking mint. He definitely starts for me. Um, Shelby, massive player for this season, as yeah, he's talked about in the preview. And then your, your ten and striker, presuming Dwight Gale's fit. Well, Dwight Gale hasn't played the last two friendlies. There's no, there's not been anything about him, so we don't know why. But, but you see, I, I, he was means... on the he was on the bench in Wolfsburg, um, enough or against Wolfsburg, wherever we played them. And I thought that he was just being rested for that other friendly, which would make sense, wouldn't it? So for them to yeah. get that minor whatever, I, I wouldn't read too much into him not playing both games because why would they put him on the bench and have him warming up and stuff? Um, I like to think I like to think it's rougher mind games. Tottenham will be preparing for an easy ride against Mitrovic, and then oi oi, here's Dwight starting lineup. <laughs> what what was quite funny to me was um, people saying him not playing or putting Gale on the bench against Verona was like um, a signal to Mike Ashley that about how short stretched <laughs> us. Like Mike Ashley doesn't know we're playing lads. <laughs> doesn't have a fucking clue probably that we're playing yeah. in a friendly he doesn't know who's starting he doesn't know the score he probably just doesn't know so that I very much doubt it's a power play or some kind of message <laughs> to send um, considering he's like today going around you know fucking world media saying he's unhappy would, would suggest that there would be no need to alter your team against Verona to, to send a message um, uh, how, how, who, who plays 10 for your side De Jong Diame or Perez <laughs> Um, I, I don't think Diarmi plays. He had an all right season for his last season. He did his job. I don't, I, he's, he's obviously he likes, a, a he good professional. Rafa, Rafa likes him, but he's, he likes he's really been pushing Perez, and he, he's Spanish. And I think Rafa wants him to come good as much as we do. Um, he's he's got the ability, Perez. He just doesn't seem to have the the I don't know what the word is. Not not so much heart because I think he wants to be good, but the the the, the kind of he needs. To I score. guess it's the strength and the battle for for English football. I, I hope he's. He's improved, but I think he'll go with Perez, and I really want him to come good. He just needs to have a bit more, bit more um, aggression about him, a bit more he involvement. Was, he was still doing that thing. I can't remember which preseason. I watched a couple of preseason games online, and 
he was still doing that thing of getting crowded out really easily and then just falling yeah. over looking at the ref and it's like how I mate like you've been here four years like come on um, but you know he, he was shite last season in my opinion but he, he scores and he gets goals and I think I think that's what we're, we're, we're kind of short of goals in this team at the moment um, and he's yeah. It, would would this is one? Would Perez have more goals than anyone else in the team? Should have looked this up. Because he must have fifteen for Newcastle. Would he have about fifteen? That ah, doesn't matter. Um, he's a, <laughs> he's, he scored goals in the Premier League anyway. That's my point. So I I I, I have a feeling he might play Dami because because he loves a big lad. Raf, he loves like that fi- that physical presence. Um, and it's going to be well. I, yeah, I think. I think if we start with Gale, you'll play Diarmi. I think if we start with Mitrovic, you'll you probably play Perez. <laughs> In terms of complementing the two, and yeah. Gale, if fit, will play. If he's not fit, then we know what happens. Yes, and Sai, um, you've got some stuff for us, some stuff for us on our opponents. I believe. Uh, I, I thought that was you, mate. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I do as well. Just me, me fantastic general knowledge of the football world, um, while I Google stuff. Um, so obviously, Spurs finished last season in quite ludicrous form um, I believe they scored more goals in the last two away games than we scored away from home in the whole of the previous season um, they got 13 away goals um, they beat who did they beat? They beat Leicester 6-1 and they beat Hull 7-1 that's quite scary um, obviously a little bit of symmetry our last Premier League game was when Mohamed a, a very similar Spurs team it has to be said 5-1 um, at St James's Park and we had 10 men after Mitrovic foolishly got himself fent off because he's a fucking idiot um, and you know yeah that was class they haven't signed anyone they don't have a right back Trippier's injured and they've sold Kyle Walker did you know that back, um, right back is also called Kyle Walker funny that one he's just a kid but he might play his name's Kyle Walker Peters um, <laughs> yeah weird but um so that, you know, there's a chance down our left, but um, for the sounds by the sounds of it, they're just a very good team. They have a habit of starting seasons fairly slowly. Um, under Pochettino, he did it at Southampton. He was a slow starter. Um, I know last season they did they lose their first game and then draw three possibly, or the season before they lost their first game and drew three. And last season they didn't get off to a great start. So there's that. Yeah, I know. I know from. I know from friends who play fantasy football that Harry Kane tends to start the season quite slow. Yeah, really as well. He hasn't. He's not a great record against Newcastle as well. Like I don't. I don't count the game when we're boycotted because there was no one there to yeah. see him score, so it doesn't count. Um, I don't think he scored <laughs> against where since then, or he scored. He scored a goal at White Hart Lane. We'll beat them two one in the pot under Pardew a long time ago. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's like Spurs are a very good team and are probably favourites to win the game. Um, hand on heart, I know you have to write a preview for it, Sai. But hand on heart, I think it'll be a draw. But just because it's the singing section, it's in James's Park. It's massively sold out. If you can get massively sold out, I think you only get one of the stage of sold out. But it's sold out, um, and I'm up for it. I'm sure loads of you listener up for it. And I just think anything's possible. I'm just, I'm just really pleased that again it's to draw parallels to previous Premier League seasons when people think we're going to get relegated. I remember going, we played Man U under Pardew when we lost like 3-0 to Sunderland, 4-0 to Spurs and 4-0 to Man U at home in, in a row. Like I went to that Man U game um, thinking well, there's just no there's just no way we're going to win today. There's just simply no way we're going to win today. Um, and I, th- I don't feel like that now. I think we've got a chance. I think if we defend well and we take whatever chances come to us. I think Dwight Gill playing massive. I think if Mitrovic starts, I'll get behind him, I'll sing his name and... I hope he proves me wrong, but that 
pace that Gale provides to stretch Spurs' back four and Spurs' midfield of um, Dyer and Dembele, if they're both fit. They're both, I mean, Dyer is a good defensive player, but they're both attacking players. I mean, Dyer's a defensive midfielder in the sense that he, he, he kind of does an Isaac Hayden job for us, but he gets forward, he supports the forwards. Dembele doesn't want to do any defending. They don't want to be chasing Matt Ritchie or Dwight Gale or running back towards their own goal. And what teams were very bad at last season was making Spurs do that. And what Spurs want to do is counter-attack and capitalise possession. Um, and I just, I just have the feeling that Benitez has just got a plan. I think one of the things I noticed in pre-season is we're playing a lot of first-time balls from the full-backs kind of into the opposition corner of the pitch to try and drag the whole team tactically across and along. And a lot of teams don't have the tactical fluidity or discipline to be able to manage that. And it was kind of a... I mean, it might not happen on Sunday now I've said it, but it was something that I've I noticed. And that was Mankio was very good at it. In fact, I think the ball Moreno played that like you were talking about, Saeed, um, was 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 doing exactly that, that kind of channel either between the centre back and the back. Yeah, so I have a feeling that that's kind of the the master plan. We'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, hand on heart, I'll 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 say one one. Um, I'll say one one. Sorry, your call. Um, I was going to say one one as well. Um, I think you're right about the that, that tactical approach. It kind of came through in Rafa's uh, talk in the other night, as in. If you can't buy the best players you want, which was presumably our, our original targets, uh, you just go for what, what's next. And he, he just kept talking about pace. He's like, if you can't get a mint player, just get a fast player. <laughs> so we've got Murphy, Richie, Atsu. We've got loads of fast wingers. That's our strength this season. We've got Gale, pace, hitting the ball in the channels. There are some Premier League defenders that are really slow. We'll, we'll get, we'll win games and score goals that way. Yeah, so we- I think that will be the kind of what, what what we'll be looking at this season. I just think last season and. There's a lot of teams just couldn't defend. You, you, you saw a lot of kind of think pieces in in the broadsheet newspapers saying, why 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 has the art of defending gone? And you look at Chelsea, who were fucking class at defending, um, got 94 points or something mental like that, record Premier League total. They, they did score goals, obviously, but they weren't hammering everyone all the time. They just didn't concede. And I think us yeah. being able to defend is a massive thing. And I think, like you say, or like I said. Um, I think posing them some new questions, particularly with pace and particularly with moving the play quite quickly, um, it'll it'll pose some questions to some players or some teams who, who like you know Crystal Palace for example, who probably don't spend that much time on defending compared to us, and that that could be a major tactical ploy this season, as we say. But I think we've talked for long enough, Si, and we haven't um, we haven't missed anything. I don't think. Um, so I'm going to leave you now with me and a, a friend of mine, Steve who's a Spurs fan and a fellow podcaster. Um, he is our Spurs representative this week and it, the chat goes on quite a long time. So thank you very much, uh, everybody, for listening. Be back with you with the Match Day podcast from Sunday. I hope to be speaking to you all um, with great news. And Rafa's still the manager. We've signed two strikers and we'll beat Spurs 5-0. Uh, can't see all of that happening, but one of them might happen. <laughs> At least. Uh, so, Sai, thanks so much for joining me today and I'll speak to you all again on Sunday. Cheers. So I'm joined uh, now on the line by a friend of mine, uh, Tottenham Hotspur fan, Stephen Coombe, uh, who is also part of the uh, Football Bloody Hell podcast, a regular contributor with with a toast, Mike Crean. I'm sure plenty of you have listened to that uh, over last season. Hopefully you'll be back for this season. Still waiting to hear on that one from Mike. But Steve, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, obviously things have been pretty, well, they've been fantastic for you from, an, from the outside looking in over the past couple of seasons. Is this the best time in your lifetime to be a Tottenham Hotspur fan? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, 
you've got to remember us, you know, even the youngster that I am, uh, relatively, mm-hmm. you know, 28 years old, I, I lived through the years of, 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 of mediocrity, Christian Gross, um, you know, Jerry Francis, it just, it just went on and on and, you know, up until Harry Redknapp, it was an absolutely miserable time being a fan and I really didn't, apart from the old Carling Cup win, um, I had nothing really to smile about every weekend. Um, but, you know, ever since Harry, things have moved onwards and upwards and under Pochettino, we just, we're just starting to really click and it feels like we're really developing something special. So this is by far and away the, the, the best feeling that I've ever had as a football fan. Here's here's one I'll put to you, and I suppose this is just a general point about football. You know how you know Neymar and just for actually bollocks to Neymar. Um, I'll pick a player closer to home. You know, likes a Pogba's on three hundred k a week allegedly or more. Surely it's time that managers were paid more because if you look at the effect that it, that your manager has had on the team, surely if if any say Barcelona would have come in for Pochettino, surely he's worth more than any single player, yet that doesn't really seem to happen with that. Do you think that would be a fair analysis of how important he is to Spurs? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. He he, he is, without him, there is no doubt about it, we wouldn't be what we are today and what we could become. Um, obviously, we've got we've got some very good players, but I think it was, it, it was sort of acknowledged, really, that the players individually... Um, you know, they're not the best in their positions, you know, with, with a couple of potential exceptions. Um, but it's the way that, that they're a team, that they're united, that they play together, how we, you know, how our game flows, um, that really sets us apart uh, from most of the other teams in the Premier League. And that definitely does come from the manager and his philosophy. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. And, you know, in 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 the modern game, it does feel as though managers are undervalued, even though, actually, you know, let's be honest, I mean, we saw the Neymar uh, stuff today, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous, um, and, and players are overvalued, without a doubt, um, but yeah, the, the gap between the two, uh, the disparity in, in payments, um, you know, is, is definitely something that, that isn't right, um, 100%. So what do you think it is about Pochettino, uh, well, I mean, it's two seasons now, actually, the last two seasons. What has he, this is a hard question, but what, what has he done that is so different to the likes of a Pep Guardiola, a Jose Mourinho, uh, even a Pellegrini when he was at Man City, a Brendan Rodgers at Liverpool, those managers who haven't managed to catch Spurs, who've had far greater budgets. Is it something Spurs fans know that the rest of us don't, that, that, that he's managed to... You know, in like, is it tactical? Is it um, player selection? Is it um, identifying talent like Dali Ali? Blah blah blah. Is there any one thing that Pochettino has just done, which the rest of the managers are just way behind the curve? Well, I think I think for one, I think one really important thing, and it's not just Pochettino here; it's also Daniel Levy and and, and the board in this instance. But he's been given a project, and he's been reassured that he has time. And, you know, resources to, to make the dream come true. And he's not in any rush to spend big money and to get the big stars in and, you know, pay people 250 grand a week. So he can, he, he, he's always had, you know, the knowledge that he can build slowly and develop slowly. And with that, 
you know, comes what we've, you know, the result of that has been this Spurs team now that is very, you know, united, um, very young set of players. He's developed youngsters, um, you know, and not only youngsters as well. I mean, Dembele, I mean, he's not old, but, you know, look, look at how he's transformed him. And we're, we're playing with a unity. The squad is together. Um, there's no big changes every transfer window. And, you know, when you give, when you get given that opportunity as a squad to slowly develop, you see the rewards. And we are, you know, reaping the rewards. Okay, we haven't actually won anything yet. Um, but the, but the, the progress that we've made is astounding. Um, whereas I think with the other managers, it, it's almost like they're under pressure from day one. Um, they need to, so they, they, you know, they need to get the job done quickly. They need to see instant results, instant um, trophies, and, and silverware, and that leads them to, to almost have the, you know, to almost go out and buy these big stars and, you know, try and win quickly, um, which isn't always successful. Um, so I think that is, a, I think that is a huge thing in terms of, you know, tactically. You know he he has got a, he has got a fantastic style of play, um, you know. But obviously, you know the depths of his secrets are. Uh, if, if if I know the ins and outs <laughs> of them, Dodsy, then then I'll be doing it myself um, and earning a earning a pretty sum every year. But yeah, I think that's one of the most important things. You know, we've given we've put faith in Pochettino, and all credit to Levy. Um, you know, for, for doing that, he recognises that Pochettino. You know, is a, is a very talented manager, and we're going to give him time, and we have given him time, and we'll we'll continue to give him time. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, some pretty good answers there, I think, and I think definitely, like you say, time for a manager at a big club these days is so you know so rare to see. And I think what did he finish sixth in his first season? Fifth, sixth. Yeah, it was, I think it was. I think it was. I think it was sixth. Yeah, think, so it's obviously yeah. the the easy decision then would have been booted him um, but yeah fair play to Levy for sticking with him how important is the stadium to Tottenham and, and what are your thoughts on it in terms of leaving White Hart Lane are you, are you, do you think it was a necessary expansion well yeah we, I mean we say leaving it's a <laughs> it's a temporary it's a temporary sort of moving out um, but yeah it is necessary I mean 36,000 is you know is okay but when you're looking to make that next step um, to be you know to become you know, challenge challengers and one of the biggest clubs in the Premier League. Yeah, you do need you know that you know sixty sixty thousand uh, plus stadium. Um, and so, yeah, I'm a bit I'm a bit wary of um, the whole Wembley thing this season. Um, but you know, I've got I've got to trust in Pochettino, and the fact is that I imagine that that we will have. And what I'm really interested in is to see if they change the dimensions of Wembley yeah. um, for the coming season, because obviously, you know, either we'll, we'll do that um, or we'll change the dimensions of our training pitches um, so that we're sort of well-drilled. But I think for our game, the smaller pitch does suit us more. And so, you know, if I actually was trying to read an article that you have to subscribe to the Telegraph nowadays and it wouldn't let me, it wouldn't let me, uh, it wouldn't let me read it, but it was, it title the, the article headline was about you know our options with the pitch so I'm, I'm none the wiser but um i know there's, there's sort of discussions going on about it yeah i mean with that in mind do you, are you pleased that you start away from home first or or does it not matter you you know you've got to play 19 games at home 
it wouldn't matter either way. No, it, it doesn't matter either way. And you know, obviously, it's a tough, it's a tough opening game. You boys are, you boys have come straight back up. Um, you're going to be St James Park is going to be absolutely buzzing. Um, and but then again, you know, we've got a point to prove as well. And you, 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 you lads did the double over us in your. In the last time you were in the Premier League, including a very humiliating last game of the season, uh, where we just fell apart. Um, but you know, t- for me, and I know I'm probably jumping the gun here, but um, I think that I think that I think that the game has got draw written all over it. Um, I, I feel like we're going to have enough, and you know, to 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 avoid the defeat, and it's going to be a good game. So I'd probably say it's going to be a, a tool enjoyable. Spectacle. Yeah, and I suppose it's it's this is something I'd always try and ask people fans last season, and I've just thought of the question, and it feels a bit stupid now because obviously talking to your Rotherham fan or your Wigan fan, no one knows who their players are apart from fans of those clubs, and even then, occasionally there would be some uh, some question marks. But um, yeah, obviously, you know, the, if you try and think about what Newcastle are good or bad, you're probably not that sure, and I haven't watched that much of us, particularly last season, even though we're on Teddy loads. Um, uh, who, who should Newcastle be wary of in terms of, I know there's, there's some obvious answers here, but is there anyone who you think that maybe Newcastle fans wouldn't be expecting to do that damage who might? Um, to, to be honest with you, no. I mean, we've done, we've done no, we, I think we're the only Premier League club now not to do um, incoming business. So you know what to expect. There's going to be no surprises from our side. Um you know the usual the usual suspects are going to be you know causing causing you issues. You know Delhi, Delhi Ali and, and Kane, and with you know, Ericsson on set pieces especially. Um, we've not had a brilliant uh, preseason so far. We, we sort of look a little bit lethargic, and I'm, I'm hoping that we avoid uh, a slow start. But in terms of in terms of that first game, um, Rafa should know what's coming. Um, and so, I mean, I was actually looking at your squad um, today. You've not, you've not done, an, you've not done an awful lot of business, have you? Really? Uh, and there's been no kind of standout purchases. I know you bought a lad from from Norwich, and you've had. Um, there was a guy. It was quite interesting for me. You, you bought in Moreno, uh, Marino on loan from Dortmund, who played yeah. a very small part of Dortmund se- season um, last campaign. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I don't really, I, I don't really know what what we're going to expect either, because um, obviously I haven't seen as much as Newcastle as I would have done had they been in the prem. But um, looking at your, your incoming signings, it's been nobody that I've been sort of like, oh, going to have to watch out for that, going to have to watch out for that chap, sort of thing. Yeah, because got no, um, we've got no money, mate. Um, you don't get this is the thing about being in the Premier League. Um, you don't get your money at the start of the season, <laughs> so like. Obviously, teams that have been in the Premier League last season have last season's money, um, and we don't. And we have a massive squad. Like, like Rafa did a great job last season of just hiring loads of players out on loan, but they've all come back. Um, and there's probably about eight players who we need to get off the wage bill before we can sign yeah. anyone. And um, you know, I think they'd expected to get rid of a lot of the players before now, but the, the transfer market. Even there's been a lot of like I've found, particularly in the Premier League. There's been a lot of star signings, but not a lot of quantity. So there's probably a lot of deals yeah. going to get done the last two weeks of August. But we will we will definitely bring in a striker, and it will probably be for a lot of money. Cough for us, you know, less than 20 million, probably less than 15 million. 
yeah, it's it's going to be very much the same as last season's team, which was which was very strong. And I suppose for us, um, when we beat you, it's it's kind of that you mentioned that symmetry. Our last Premier League game was against you at home, um, that five one with ten men, and that even though Spurs were a disgrace that day, even I can see that from the stands. Um, what what we were very good at was hitting you on the break. You know, to the first two goals came on the counter attack. So that's probably something Rafa will try and do again. And I mean, you might be better at dealing with that, but I'd expect um, I'd expect you to have a lot of the ball. We're not going to sit deep or you know get get eleven men behind the ball or anything like that. But it'll certainly be um, you know down the flanks, crosses into the box performance. Uh, I'd imagine. So yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. And obviously, I'm tremendously looking forward to it because football's back and it's Steve for us. It's been fourteen weeks because <laughs> our season finished two weeks before yours. Um, you haven't been watching the, uh, the women's Euros? Missed, missed that. Uh, missed out on the Confederations Cup, unfortunately. Had other things on those nights, slash afternoons, whenever they were on. <laughs> um, but yeah, and just I suppose if we, uh, we'll speak to you again, I'm sure, the, uh, when we'll play you in March, which I'm really looking forward to, by the way, coming down for Wembley. Um, it'll be a high-demand game, considering Spurs are only given 3,000 away tickets, which has caused fury. Though I understand why they're oh, doing God, it. Because yeah. they just want to... imagine. They just want to give as many of their own fans a chance, which is fair enough, I suppose. Um, but yeah, how are you, are, you, are you brave enough to give me a prediction yet for the season on where you think Spurs will finish? Um, oh, that's a really difficult one. Um, you see, for me, I'm, I'm not phased by you know, I'm not really, I'm not really phased by uh, the activity that's been going on uh, in and around this. Uh, you know, Lukaku's and Emiratas. I, I'm not one of the Spurs fans that's getting a bit kind of, you know, itchy about us not doing any business. I, I'm quite happy that we're not doing, you know, any or any business at this point. What I do imagine is that we're going to pick up a couple of kind of peripheral players in the last couple of weeks. You know, when all of the big money signings of been going here and there and everywhere and then there's inevitably some pieces that are going to be picked up and I think we'll I think we'll be a part of, of, of that period of the transfer transfer window but I don't really see how realistically we can improve our first 11 I mean you know obviously there are players out there that would improve us but they're not they wouldn't be realistic targets um and our only real loss so far has been Carl Walker and, and to be honest with you I I really rate Trippier, and I think that Trippier, you know, has the potential to be just as good if, as if, and if not better than Carl Walker. I think his delivery is a lot stronger. Um, you know, something that I often found lacking with Carl Walker. So that, that's going to be, you know. So having said all of that, you know, I, I would, I, I'm going to say minimum second again. Well. And let and 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 let's leave it there, um, because I just feel as though you know sometimes doing doing no business is better than doing business. We're not gonna we're not gonna disrupt our squad. Um, we're gonna continue to grow together, and I'm really really excited. Our, our players are still really young. We we, we you know Dodgy, if we kept the same squad for the next three seasons, it, it, I think that would be the best thing to do. Um, and I think that the challenge is going to be keeping those players because if Levy's were going to refuse to break the wage um, structure, then you are going to you, you're going to have heads slowly turning. Whether it be this summer, 
uh, Christmas next summer, you know, Carl Walker wages doubled in an instant without even a, without even a worry. Wages doubled, nothing to to, to Man City. Um, and for me, I would say, look, if you're going to invest, do it in ensuring that we keep the players that we've got. I would rather spend, you know, a hundred million bumping up everybody, bumping up our key players' wages so that they're more on a par with the others rather than going out and spending silly amounts on on, on star players and, 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 you know, their wages on top. Um, so that, that's the only concern for me longer term. But I think if we keep everyone together, which it looks as though we're going to do, um, you know, for this season, then, you know, short term it's looking really great. Long term, we do need to think about our wage structure and, you know, how we maintain um, our challenge to the big clubs, um, you know, without kind of going mental uh, and, and spending huge amounts. Final one for me, Steve. Spurs have had some fantastic players over the years. You know, your Gary Lineker, Jimmy Greaves, and Harry Kane's probably a modern great. Teddy Sheringham, Klinsman. You could probably list them off far better than me. I know it's a hard ask, and I'm putting you on the spot. But where does Musa Sissoko fit into that pantheon at the moment? <laughs> oh, fucking hell! <laughs> oh dear me! Um, Jesus! Yeah, I mean he. I mean he hasn't. He hasn't really been given the run of games. But whenever he's, whenever he's come on, or whenever he's been given the opportunity to start, he's just been, he's just been bloody dire. His touch is awful. Yeah. Um, he's sort of got no direction to his play. Um, he's got strength and pace, but we rarely see it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he's just been a, a massive disappointment. To be fair, when we signed him um, at, at the M Tower, uh, that that transfer there, Dana, was pretty kind of um, yeah uninfused by the whole situation. And um, one of uh, we were talking, um, me and my friends were, were having a chat, and we reckon uh, we reckon that, that a Barkley. Um, Probably thirty million plus Sissoko yeah. Everton exchange. Well, the last couple of days of the season. That's 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 that's, that's, what, that's what the thoughts are. It's an outrageous prediction. Um, <laughs> you do. So I'll, I'll, I'll say this. A couple of quid on it. You do well at Everton, and I I don't know if you recall the night on WhatsApp when you signed him. I said, if you've bought him to play on the right wing, he's going to have a mare. If you've bought him to play number ten. Which he did under Rafa, where he can be that like explosive, kind of free role. Um, he'd be a good player, and Pochettino's played him right wing. Like you say, he's just been a disaster. But uh, he will get some reception if he gets on the pitch at James's Park. I'll tell you that for free. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, where's he got, where where would he ever fit in? You know, yeah. to, to that kind of number ten because he's not he's not going to replace Ali. And then you know, if it's not Ali, then. You know, Ericsson's normally yeah. the one that, that sort of sits in there. So, it was a it was a mystery. It, yeah. seemed, it seemed like a panic bot. If I didn't know Daniel Levy better, and <laughs> not personally, but you know, I would think it was a panic bot. I don't really know what it's was going. It's almost on. like he'll never sign a player again. So scarred is he by the experience. <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, Right, Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a fantastic season after uh, Sunday. Um, and, uh, you know, um, for fans who are listening who've enjoyed Steve's part, he does the Football Bloody Hell podcast. I push it quite a lot. You'll have heard of it before. So uh, tune into that. And, uh, Steve, thank you very much. And Yeah, pleasure. And, I, and I, honestly, it's good. To, it really is good to have a club like Newcastle back in the Premier League. And it's 
especially with a tin pot club like Sunderland going the other <laughs> way. Hope, hopefully that'll get me a few a few bonus points. So. Yeah, I've I've told Steve what to say, everybody. Uh, We'll be back. Um, obviously, can't fucking wait for the season to start. Match day podcast will be out pretty much straight after the match. Obviously, we're going to be recording before, during, and after the game, and then we'll have kind of the match review, which will be Sunday. Well, not Sunday because it's the match, but that'll be Monday night. Um, with the longer review, look back at what's happened. So, thanks very much for listening, everybody. Follow us at at TF Weekly Pod, all the usual places, and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, at TF and UFC Fanzine, and I will be speaking to you. Sunday, and you'll be hearing my voice hopefully after a crack and start against Spurs. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.